Progress. Welcome to Camp Constitution Radio with your host, Hal Shirtliff. This show is heard on WBCQ The Planet every Monday and Thursday evening, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can also get it on our Podomatic. That's our flagship um, platform for the um, recordings, as well as Amazon, Spotify, iHeart, and a whole bunch of others. And please share it. If you like what you're hearing, please share the word. That's uh, how things go viral. That's how good information gets out. You know, there's been so many thanks to social media. You know, there's a lot of issues, bad things about social media, but there's some good things, too. There's been a lot of talent in various industries as a result of social media uh, that would not have come to the the attention of uh, the American people had it not been for social media. And something, uh, you know, 20 or 30 years ago would be impossible. There's so many great voices of liberty and freedom that are out there that, uh, again, if it weren't for social media, we would never hear them. And I know that a lot of people, uh, many Americans are tuning off, tuning out, I should say, the, um, you know, the conventional uh, media, you know, know, the uh, even some conservative type media, people get a little tired of it. You know, it's sort of, um, you, you know, I noticed too, uh, the show, The View, I don't think too many people watch it, but I think people at Fox and Newsmax watch it. And then they take clips of some of the more ridiculous things they say, and they bring it to the attention of their viewers and listeners. Uh, and I think, gee, it's almost like a symbiotic relationship. You know, one needs the other to get ratings. Uh, you know, uh, 20 or 30 years ago, media people didn't make the news. Now they're making the news. You know, when, but when you're on 24-7, you have to have stuff to talk about. And But I, I, I'm glad that there are a lot, so, much, so many alternative media outlets that are very credible, very informative. Uh, now, look at Tucker Carlson, for example. Now, he had, he was no doubt there are things that he couldn't say while he was on Fox uh, there were things he probably wanted to do, but were nixed, and he got fired because now, of course, they said it was about the lawsuit, uh, the election issue lawsuit uh, in 2020 that got him fired. Uh, well, they were going to pay the lawsuit, and they were going to pay the. They made a settlement; they were going to pay it anyway. So why get rid of your best, most popular person? In fact, I know a lot of people would tune in just to listen to him. And then tune in 15, 10 minutes early and the guy before him and maybe hang around for the guy after him. Uh, that's what what you do is when you have a, a highlight a person like that. You have you have people like uh, before and after that. Uh, OK, well, I'll hang around, watch him. I get chores to do. I'll keep the TV on. And uh, then they fired him. What was interesting about Tucker is that uh, he just had well, he had um, Alex, Alex Jones on. Now, I remember that he used to rail against Alex Jones, you know, calling him a conspiracy cuckoo and have you. And then I think, uh, you know, he's been able to assess things and look things through a different light. And he actually brought him up to his studio in Maine. So I, I, I don't know when it was actually released. It was probably released last week, but it may have it may I think it was recorded probably in October because um the, we've had, we've we did have a lot of snow on the ground, uh, and I'm not too far from. I think his studio was in southern Maine, and I'm 20 minutes from the main border, maybe half hour. Uh, yeah, maybe closer to 20 half hour. And um, and he uh, yeah, so I you know there would have been some snowfall. So it looked like it was recorded earlier, 
this uh, maybe October. They mentioned Hamas, and I, so I think it was right. It may have been mid-October. And uh, that's something that would never have happened if he was still with Fox News. In fact, I don't think Fox News ever interviewed Alex Jones. And it's interesting. They'll take some of the most odious leftists on there and interview them, give them all the time in the world, uh, even if they disagree with them. But Alex Jones, again, you don't have to agree with the guy. He's just had. Uh, but it was a pretty interesting interview. And with that, I want to mention some good news for Camp Constitution. Professor Willie Soon, our good friend and instructor, he's been coming to camp, I think, since 16 or 17. No, I'm sorry, probably uh, 2018. No, yeah, Anyway, 17 with his family. And uh, he will be a guest on Tucker this Thursday. And uh, he's going to be in his Florida studio, which is a good place to be this time of year. Uh, I suppose if I had the uh, where I, I don't mind winter. I like a, a, a little snowfall here and there. But if I was Tucker, I'd probably be if I if I were his shoes, I'd be in Florida, too. Anyway, uh, so I'm not sure if it's going to be live or it will be, but I'm hoping it will be released on the day of the, uh, maybe it will be live. So we're looking forward to that. Willie Soon, for those of you who aren't familiar with him, is one of the world's top atmospheric scientists. Uh, in 2004, he exposed what is known as the hockey stick graph. And he really wasn't trying to make a name for himself. Uh, he's a very modest man, brilliant that he is, but a very modest down to earth. And, um, he uh, he had to do it you know, as a scientist. He just had to do it. And then he became a, a science denier, a climate denier, and all this kind of stuff. I get a kick out of this word, this term deny. You're an election denier if you don't agree with the results, if you think there may have been. And that's only in 2020 and 2022. But you could deny the election when Bush, uh, Bush beat Gore by a handful of handful of votes in Florida. That swung it, the whole election over to Biden. I mean, to uh, Bush. That's okay. To uh, uh, you can, uh, and then uh, I think it was um, in sixteen when Trump won. There was a lot of election deniers. Those people were nothing but noble individuals, passionate, and they weren't deniers. They weren't conspiracy theorists. But if you dared question the twenty twenty election, even with all the evidence coming out. I think I just heard that they found some ballots that were never counted in Georgia, several several thousand. It was just so many irregularities. And within an election, especially if it's really close, it is easy. Uh, there has always been uh, election fraud. It's been going on since day one. Since there was the first ballot was probably ever cast, it was probably fraud. But the question is, is it enough to turn make a difference in an election? And if you get a state, you're running for president in Massachusetts, and it's a left-wing state, you you get 20% of the vote. Now, Trump may have got more than 20%. He would not have won, won in Massachusetts. New Hampshire, a little closer uh, with the election fraud, the same-day registration. Uh, they don't check your ID. Well, they do now. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. You could show an ID, or you can just go in there and get a ballot. But they changed that in New Hampshire. Now you have to... Uh, if you don't, if you can't show uh, where you live, then you have to uh, you can get a provisional ballot, cast the ballot, but you have so many days to return to the place with your evidence that you live at that address. If not, they throw the ballots out. In other words, you don't really live here. 
so that should help somewhat in the state of New Hampshire. I know other states have tightened up things. Look at Georgia. You know, there are all the lefties are going crazy about, oh, it's racism, it's racism. I think the last election, more people voted, more black people voted than ever before. And they sent Stacey, uh, what's her name? Stacey, not Abrams, but Stacey, uh, that repulsive human being that ran for running for governor. They gave her a, Kemp beat her really badly. I mean, by a sound margin. You know, four years ago, it was just a, a very close election. Why? Why would people vote for someone as odious as that? That's the problem. You know, it really is a serious moral problem. When that many people vote for someone like that or someone like Biden. Yeah, okay, I get it. Trump, you know, Trump's got his has his issues. I get it. But can you I could say stay home instead of going out and voting for Biden? I mean, I just can't imagine anyone who's followed even a little politics. But that's the big problem in the United States. Most people aren't really ideologues. You've got some one issue voters that will turn out and vote for that one issue. But most people either, well, I heard an ad and Biden said he was going to do this for the American. Eh, I like that. Oh, he's a kindly old man. Yeah. Oh, he's, oh, oh Kamala, she's kind of cute. I, I like it because she's cute. Uh, yeah, I'm going to vote. And unfortunately, that's how a lot of people vote. It's really sad. You know, you get these low information voters. And I, you know, they talk about voter turnout. We got to get the vote out. You know what? Stay home. If you if that's how you vote, stay home. We don't need you to because you're going to vote again. You're going to vote. You get your interest all the time. It was interesting here in Alton. We it's a nice town, conservative town, Alton, New Hampshire. We got our tax the second uh, uh, six months and uh, end of the year taxes. Right, property tax went up a lot. Why did it go up? And say, well, you know something. When they had the warrant articles, and you voted yes on every one of them, every one of them has to be paid for. And you uh, and or maybe you didn't even come out to vote. I think the town election, they usually in towns in New Hampshire, it's in March. And a lot of people don't like, oh, it's cold out. It's snowy out. And of course, you got seasonal people that already you can still cast absentee ballots if you're a resident. You're down in Florida. So what? It's that important. You know, so it's their fault. You and we actually had a couple of conservatives uh, get back to the uh, uh, selectmen. But even being a conservative doesn't mean you're going to vote the right way. And it's all this emotion. Now, well, we need this and this is going to be good and we're going to give money here and give it there. But someone's going to pay for it. That we have to pay for it, the taxpayer. And that's what happened. So anyway, um, I want to, oh, I got to turn that off. That I have a landline that we never use, very, we never use, of course, if we have lost cell phone service, that's why we keep it. And uh, every now and then I get a call. It's usually a telemarketer, but uh, it's interesting how the landlines have become uh, so uh, obsolete today. People, people look at a tele, people in their 20s and 30s look at a telephone booth and say, what's that at an antique, at an antique shop? And uh, we have a rotary phone in the lane house that actually still works, you know, and, uh, and it, we have fun with it. We can only accept call. We can't make calls out. Only accept calls. And people look at it and say, "What is that thing?" I said, "This this little black phone is what my this was was high tech back in the 30s and 40s." Anyway, I want to uh, shift gears just a little bit here. Talk about uh, these Ivy League presidents and how they were grilled by Congress. 
last week in uh, Stefanik, Congresswoman from Long Island. She asked these basic questions. You know, she said, is th saying things like we want to exterminate the Jews or uh, from the sea or from the from the river to the sea, et cetera, et cetera. And they couldn't say it. They would they couldn't say yes or no. They danced around it. And this is why. First off, they hire people who aren't qualified. They hire them because of their gender or their ideology or the color of their skin. And at Harvard, they get a black woman, a woman, and someone who's black. Wow, we get we get two of them. She's not a lesbian, and that's probably a, a strike again. If she was a lesbian, she'd probably get a free ride. Okay. Sorry for that little dead air. <laughs> anyway, uh, the University of Pennsylvania's uh, president resigned, I think, the other day, and they're asking for the other ones to resign. But the sad thing is, they can resign, but they're going to hire someone just as bad, or if not, if not worse, unless they get their act together. But you see, they're ideologues, they're left wing Marxist ideologues, and the narrative is that the Israelis are colonists. And they're exploitive, and there's genocide, and all these—it's all a lie. I mean, the, the Jews have been the Jews have been in uh, that area from from time since recorded history, and and they've actually always lived there. And they've been uh, they've been uh, they've been um, conquered. The population has been redistributed around the world, uh, but there's always been a population. There's always been a remnant there. And whether or not, uh, and, and because they have, you know, some a lot of them have white skin, so that makes them evil. So Jews and whites are sort of lumped together, and that's how they justify this. And you can't, you get some of these crazy people that say stuff that you, you look at them, you can't talk, you can't reason with them. It was interesting too. Muslims didn't come on the scene until what five hundred, uh, what five, six hundred A.D. when uh, when Muhammad came around. And started a religion, and there were no Muslims in, living in the Middle East in the in the time of Christ. There were no Muslims. It didn't happen. It didn't, didn't exist. Uh, and it's interesting. It's it, it is a very interesting history. And in fact, the word Palestine comes from the Romans. The Romans named it Palestine basically as an insult to the Jews. The Philistine. It was a, a take of, of the word Philistine. And of course, the famous story of uh, of um, the um, David and Goliath. I don't. When I say story, I believe it that it is a historical fact that that happened, but it's an interesting story in the Bible, where David uh, was able to take down Goliath with a very smooth rock from his sling, and as my son recently explained, that Goliath had an armor over his head, and it was just a small little piece of flesh, and he had to hit it right center mass. I mean, he couldn't deviate, and he hit him. And knocked that guy, killed that guy dead. Uh, so they've been there forever, and they're not. And, and it's interesting too. The the Hamas uses its own citizens for shields. Not one Muslim nation will take any of the uh, Palestinians at all. They won't take them. Well, there's probably a good reason why they won't take them. Maybe because they don't make good citizens. We don't know. But if, see, when you say that. If you're an American citizen, you're an Islamophobe. They love to call you, put a foe behind everything. You're an Islamophobe. Or you're a xenophobe. 
Well, I would say Hamas are the worst Islamophobes out there because they're killing their own people. They're using their own people for shields. They're putting their headquarters in hospitals, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah. Um, and by the way, it's it's one thing when you have two sovereign nations fighting each other. Hamas is a terrorist organization. You don't make you don't make deals with terrorists. You have to put them out of business. And anything short of that would be foolhardy. Like a number of years ago, I was a student at a junior college in Boston, Fisher Junior College. And I had a um, one of my school class. We went to night school. We we're working full time. I was working full time. But a young lady, she was uh, she had dual citizenship, Israel and the United States. And I'm not a fan of that, by the way. But anyway, she told me, and I pretty much knew this, but she verified she said that Israel could take out the PLO anytime they wanted to, but were prevented because of the United States and West, Western Europe. So they have to save face. And if you want to get money, you're going to be nice to old Arafat, that slimy, filthy human being, murderous, filthy swine. And you want to Google uh, Arafat and, and Bill Clinton, you'll see a picture of this slimy character at the White House. And he, he left with millions of dollars for his Palestine authority. And then, um, uh, you know, they, they gave them autonomy over Gaza and uh, a few other, a few other spots. And, and they've been in, they know they're hostile. It's just been that way. And I know we've, there has been peace for a lo for a longest time. It's been, and it was always the, you know, the peace before the storm. And, uh, and then, and these, all these folks are calling for their, and, and by the way, I have to say, I'm not a fan of Alan Dershowitz, but he did say, it's legitimate to criticize Israel, as you can criticize this country or any other country. Criticize them for policies, yes, but call for their annihilation, that's a whole different thing. And all of these, and um, the left is showing its true color. For years, they have called people like me an anti-Semite. Why? Because I'm a conservative Christian, and uh, I have a worldview that uh, that is uh, believes in moral absolutes, and they'll just call you that. It doesn't matter if there's any evidence. I mean, if I was going around putting swastikas on synagogues, you can make a good case that I'm an anti-Semite. I don't do that. And in fact, I look. I wrote an article about uh, Christian nationalism. They pointed out that most people who are evangelical Christians. And that there's a lot that encompasses, and you know we have different theological differences, and we don't always get along with each other, but we tend to support international ministries and Israel. And I'm I, by the way, I'm not what we'd call a Christian Zionist uh, theologically, uh, and I know a lot of my friends are, and I, but I am sympathetic to Israel. Um, I don't think we should be sending taxpayers' money there. I think we should. Uh, pretty much stop interfering with their foreign policy and then take care of business. You know, it's a first world country, the, probably the best army in the world, the best intelligence. And I, I had a, I was at an event last night, Sunday night, uh, hosted by a friend of mine who's Jewish and a uh, former state rep. And he mentioned that uh, Mossad, the best intelligence entity in the world, he said, how do they not, how did they not know about this? So even even very pro-Israeli people are questioning what happened, and I think it's legitimate to do that. That's one of the first things when I heard, oh, well, you know, how come we didn't know about us? We were blindsided. We'll be blindsided in 9-11 when people were coming to 
coming to the uh, FBI and saying, hey, there's a couple of guys here. They want to know how to fly a plane, but not land one or, or, or uh, take off. That's that, something not right here. Come to find out they were the guys that were part of the 9-11 uh, terrorist uh, takeover of these planes. And in fact, uh, the same thing happened. They got, there was uh, intel that was going to the uh, IDF, uh, 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 the Israeli army, um, Israeli defense force, and it was ignored. So could be incompetence, could be other things going on. But uh, but the bottom line is that it's, um, it's it's uh, it's quite a mess over there, and we just pray for peace, but we can't pray for a truce. You can't tell. You can't when you get the enemy on the run. Could you imagine uh, World War II right after the Battle of the Bulge? You know, had the German. In fact, we did have a truce. We did stop. But could you imagine if the policy was every time we uh, or D Day? You know, after we got the beachhead, can you imagine? Oh, Germans, wait a minute now. We want to have a truce. You know, let's let's regroup. We get our panzers uh, ready to. You know, regroup and be able to strike back, or maybe we can uh, take uh, take a few uh, a division off the eastern front for a little bit and put them on the western front just long enough to throw you guys back into the ocean, and then it, it would have happened. It would be absurd. Uh, nobody would no no one would even dare suggest that. So, but we do pray for peace uh, in the Middle East, and we know that uh, under Trump there was treaties made with these Muslim nations. And they were more than happy to sign them. You know, we don't need to fight. <laughs> it was a gold in my ear that said, peace will come to the Middle East when when Muslims or, or the Arab nations love their children more than they hate Jews. But as a Christian, peace will come to the Middle East when Jesus is, Jesus is hit, 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 when, when people accept him as a savior and government officials follow the policies, follow the uh, teachings of Christ, that's when you'd have true peace, not just negotiated peace and peace with a treat on a piece of paper. Hey, I want to mention too, um, now that uh, well, we know Black Lives Matter, from day one, you could listen to this, you go back to our recordings, and we were exposing Black Lives Matter, even before, I think, the George Floyd um, murder. I should say murder, I'm sorry. <laughs> that's what they call it, George Floyd death. And uh, I'm going to be interviewing the director of the fall of Minneapolis. I did a show on it uh, recently. I'm going to interview her, I think, on the 18th, and then we'll upload it on the, and it'll be on the show here probably around oh, the 18th. So it'll be around the, the week after Christmas, I think, is when it'll be airing. Uh, it's a phenomenal documentary. It really, it should exonerate uh, Derek Chauvin, Chauvin and the three other off, three or three other officers that were in, that were in prison now. And a week after the video or the, the documentary was released, free of charge, the fall of Minneapolis.com, he stabbed 22 times. Oh, he survived. He's, it was a hit. And surprise, surprise, the thug that did it was an FBI informant who uh, kind of got on the bad side. Or maybe this will put him on the good side of the FBI now. And this guy was supposed to get out of jail in two years. I don't know if that will happen. I'm sure he's considered a hero by the left now, That, but he failed. He didn't kill him. And I, I just hope and pray that this documentary, that enough people will ask questions. And uh, Vince Ellison, who I've had a guest on the show, he's become a good friend. Um, he said to me recently that the, he was, Derek was not charged with a hate crime. He said he couldn't, he couldn't find. So the whole notion of this was that it was a white, co white cops killing a poor 
black man. And every black man is definitely, every day they have to worry when they go out, leave their house, even in their house, that these evil white cops will uh, want to kill them. Well, you look at the number of uh, police uh, police encounters with black males, it's pretty high around the country, millions. And the number of people who die at the hands of police, and some of these police who do the killing or, or are responsible are black. They're not all white. In fact, the arresting officer of, uh, of Floyd happened to be of mixed race, and his mom was white, his dad was black, so he's considered a uh, a black man. He's as black as Obama and as black as uh, Kamala Harris, our vice president. So I didn't know that. I thought I had a lot of info on this. I didn't know that. Uh, but Black Lives Matter came out in the wake of the Hamas Terrorist Act and endorsed Hamas. Not surprised, uh, terrorists, one terrorist group support, supports another. Uh, and so a few days after that, I called the Boston Red Sox their office and i said will you will your team be issuing a statement apologizing for your support of black lives matter and i wasn't angry i didn't get on there and call you know call names and the young man who answered the phone said well we support the principles you know that we support we we don't support the organization but we support the principle in fact they had a big they painted it. The, the Fenway Park uh, is close to the Massachusetts Turnpike, um, I-90. And they put big letters, you know, Black Lives Matter. I said, well, that's not the case because you folks held a ceremony. I believe it was in June of 2020 when you had the Boston founder of Black Lives Matter, uh, Monica Cannon Grant, a real repulsive human being. She actually went after a friend of mine, a black woman running for Congress. She And she happened to have a white husband and biracial children. And she just made some vulgar comments about their sexual relationship and all that. It's really terrible. She didn't get, they didn't, they didn't retract that. And I reminded him. And then the other guy, the other co-founder, he was in his early thirties. And by the way, Cannon Grant is under federal indictment. She's been, uh, taking all the millions of dollars that these stupid woke, so-called woke companies have been given her and scared white liberals thinking, oh, if I give you some money, you, you won't kill us. You, I, I have nothing but other contempt for people like that. They're disgusting. Um, so I, I said, so you can't say that. You supported the low, and I don't know if they, they must have given money to the, and, and all these, on a dime, it's like the Red Sox had a great relationship with the local police they used to have police, you know, they would, you see the police that there'll be a policeman in the, the bullpen and the dugout uh, after games, you know, they're out there. They always had a good rapport. And just like that, they turned on them. They didn't even give them the, like the Boston cops. This happened in Minneapolis. This didn't happen in Boston. They had a Boston, uh, the head of the, the police uh, chief was black. They have, they have, I think a 40% or 35 to 40% black um, patrolmen. So what's your issue? You know, I mean, I think it more than represents the percentage of blacks in the city. You know, we had a good rapport. So why are you turning against the Boston police? Because the notion was to turn against all police. And that's been a long time plan of the Communist Party. If you get uh, some of the writings from the Communist Party from the 30s, you know, I think the, I think Cleon Skousen had a list of uh, 50 goals of the Communist Party. 
And one of them is to just get rid of the local police, set up a national police force. And they're having some success with that. But I know the table's attorney, thankfully. Uh, the Red Sox have not issued a statement yet. I also went to a historical society in Lexington, Massachusetts, and they came out in support of Black Lives Matter. We actually did a video with Reverend Kraft in front of the place a few years ago. I think it was in 21, in January of 21. Uh, they did take the banner down, but they never issued an apology. I had this stupid email I got from uh, one of them did respond about uh, anti-racism and all this. And I, and I responded, oh, I didn't realize there was so much racism. But, you know, the population of Lexington is like less than 1%, 1.2% Black. So I suppose... Being that maybe you are a bunch of like racists, I said, I didn't realize I never heard back. I recently asked them to apologize. They didn't get back to me. And it was also a history uh, the Noble House in Boston. It's a hist history museum there. Nice, beautiful place. And I had um, one of my ancestors married into that family. And uh, they said the same thing. Oh, so they were somehow responsible. We apologize. And it was insane. And I went, you know, I, re, I wrote back to them. I said, now, now are you still apologizing? Are you still supporting Black Lives Matter? You know, anyway, we're almost out of time. You've been listening to Camp Constitution Radio with your host, Hal Shirtliff. And until next week, may God richly bless you.